This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah! Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah! But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the White Lotus Podcast here on Posho Recaps. I'm Ariel, and I am delighted to have my co-host here with me, protecting me from the edge of the cliffs. How are you, Dr. Renta? I'm great. I think that maybe we should start at the very beginning, Ariel. So I was born in New Jersey. I was going to say, I was born in San Francisco, (laughs) even though I was not. Um, But very exciting news. We should just Mm -hmm. start at the very top. Uh, we joked last feedback show with Mike Bloom about where we might go season three if we got a season three. Well, they heard us and they were like, we need to give them that season that uh, season three in space. Yeah. So do you think that Mike White was listening to our podcast and he was like, well, now now that I know that we're going to space, now that we have the location, I'm ready to commit to a White Lotus season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's happening. He He called up HBO. He was like. I know what I'm going to do now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. So that's, that's super exciting. We don't know when, of course, we just know Mm -hmm. that it's going to happen. And uh, 
we'll see. The big question for me is, uh, is Jennifer Coolidge's character, Tanya, going to, one, survive the season, and two, if she does, be back for a third season? Yes. I mean, this will be fun to speculate about when we get to the end of season two, because, you know, we've so far, we've had... Tanya come back from and reprise her role from season one. As you said, Ariel, we don't yet know whether she's going to make it out alive from this season. Um, But, you know, is Tanya going to be in play? Are some of our other White Lotus characters going to be in play? Uh, Lots of fun stuff to speculate about in the off season. But Mm -hmm. before we get there, there's lots of fun stuff to speculate about in uh, season two, episode four, in the sandbox. Yes, lots of speculation. And join us in our sandbox. Mm-hmm. You should subscribe mm-hmm. to the post show recaps White Lotus feed. Uh, you can search White Lotus post show recaps, any of your podcast catchers. Subscribe, rate, review. It's super helpful. Uh, if you need the URL for your podcast catchers, it's postshowrecaps.com slash White Lotus. And, um, yeah, if you want to stay at your if you want to stay at this hotel for season three, you're gonna to have to subscribe. I don't know what to tell you. Just I don't know why this. people keep on coming back to the White Lotus <laughs> when we have musicians passing out, we have accidental murders. Um, but you know what? Like people, people love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> Every time I stay at a White Lotus, I always have, I always have a memorable experience. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, and no less memorable here, right? I think mm-hmm. episode four was, was quite memorable as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Do you have any big takeaway thoughts about episode four, Ariel, before we kind of get into the nitty gritty? I loved that there were moments where I said literally, oh, my God, at the screen. <laughs> because I didn't think there were things that I figured would happen, but I didn't think they would happen mm-hmm. this soon. And I think um, there were a couple of surprises. You know, I love surprises. And it was it was really exciting to watch. There were moments where I even had to pause because I was afraid to go forward. And then I was like, you're OK, just press play again. And then <laughs> we continued on. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I was very vocal in my praise of episode three. I thought it was exceptional. It was really where, like, I think the season heated up for me and matched some of the high highs from season one. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a lot of drama, a lot of tension in episode three. Episode four felt a little bit like a farce to me, Ariel. Like, we had a lot of sort of... um, People like um, we had a lot of, uh, you know, chance encounters and Mm -hmm. confusion and mix ups like taking the wrong drugs. It kind of had this levity being at the beach club Mm -hmm. um, and our different parties sort of passing each other and seeing each other in inopportune situations coming in and out of rooms. It had this energy um, that I thought was a really fun sort of respite from all of the tension that was building in the previous episode. Yeah. And there was a lot of um, there was I would say there was a lot of like buried tension, some uh, potential Mm -hmm. energy, perhaps to build up to some uh, some kinetic energy to come. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, to your point about the people, all the different groups kind of interacting and in new ways, it, it I think it was the first time that the white that this white lotus felt really small, like Mm. all these people can't help but 
run into each other and like kind of start to become part of each other's lives, at least as far as the time they're spending here. And uh, it was it was I can't remember a single scene where you weren't keeping track of multiple people in the same yes. room like this uh, yes. outside of outside of dinner, which I think is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, th- so let's get into it. And we'll obviously find lots of uh, lots to talk about along the way. Um, we're going to start this episode, um, as we always do with our different characters waking up um, in Cameron's room. He's going to be waking up with Lucia and Mia. And this is something that we really speculated about in the last episode. He's going to, as he's, uh, you know, getting them out the door, he's going to give them $1,800. That's all he has. And he still owes them more money. Um, the rest of which he says that he'll leave at the front desk. This is whack. This is unacceptable. <laughs> like You cannot, you cannot do this. It was a, it's a, it's a transaction, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, the. Uh, the one party has fully completed their part of the transaction. And now you are to uh, complete your part. And of course, I can't remember who it was that speculated, whether it was you or, or Mike Bloom, I think mm-hmm. last week, someone kind of called that this might happen. And I was like, oh, damn, here we go. Yeah. So this doesn't really play out in this episode, but we know that Cameron still owes uh, Lucia and Mia more money than he was able to pay them in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. Ethan is also uh, waking up. He's going to finally answer one of Harper's calls. And um, this is going to start a kind of running thread throughout the episode where Harper wants to know what happened yesterday. And Ethan is being super vague and super sketch. Yeah. Yeah. E- she just she can't help you know i i remember speaking last week about like okay now which harper is going to emerge from this Mm -hmm. drug trip from this villa night yeah uh and you know whether like a little bit more of the new quote-unquote new harper or the harper she wants to be or like the old no-nonsense harper and in the beginning you're getting a lot of just harper being like what happened what's going like no nonsense very direct to the point um, you don't usually sleep this late. Why did you sleep this late? What right happened? away. That was, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is not going well for him. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was an interesting start. And like to see where she kind of devolves to later on in the episode, it's, it's, it's kind of a sad episode for Harper, I would say a little bit. It's a, yeah, it's a rough episode for, for Harper and, and Ethan, um, we're going to see Valentina starting her day in the morning and Ariel, Mike Bloom called it, totally nailed it. Valentina has the hots for Isabella. It very much seems like it. In the beginning, it was a little bit of like, oh, maybe there's this, uh, you know, she feels like a kinship again because mm-hmm. Val- uh, because of that lovely conversation they had. But no, by the end of the episode, I, th- I feel like it's fairly clear. It's. Valentina has a has a has a crush. a crush, and she stands on the shoulders of other White Lotus managers. In the proud, no in the proud tradition of the White Lotus, <laughs> having inappropriate romantic feelings towards subordinates, <laughs> Valentina has a crush on Isabella. So we're going to see mm-hmm. that she's going to send Rocco 
away on a task and say to Isabella, um, you know, is Rocco making you uncomfortable? Um, tell, come to me if anybody ever makes you feel uncomfortable. Men can do that and women shouldn't have to feel that way in the workplace or anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this is a little bit of a hint. And then we're going to see uh, Dominic approach the desk and ask for a recommendation of where he can buy jewelry for his <laughs> wife. And Valentina could not be any less interested. No. She's literally standing behind the concierge desk. I can see the sign. It says concierge. And she's like, oh, I don't know. You should go take a walk. <laughs> Is there a place? She's like, Just walk. You'll find something. I don't know. No, there isn't one. Incredible. Incredible Valentina moment here. But Isabella has a favorite shop that she's going to recommend. She says it's beautiful. She loves everything there. And you can see the wheels in Valentina's head turning. She's going to take notes. And then mm -hmm. as this is the tell, Ariel, this is always the tell. As she walks away, she takes one last look back. It's the over-the-shoulder look back. Yeah. And that's how you know. That's how you know it's love. It's the zero chill <laughs> that gives it away. <laughs> we can't uh, we can't help ourselves as humans. And yeah. this is, like you said, this is usually the tell. How do you feel about this development, Ariel, in Valentina's <sighs> character? It's it's complicated because, as we already said, it's it's a no bueno as far as the power dynamic at work. Right. She's literally her boss or at least one of her bosses. Um, on that sense, we we cannot stand but it's it's a what i like about it is the the the, um, the genuine emotion and genuine nature of what we are seeing from valentina who is usually as we know so uh you know a little more rough, rough, around, rough, the, rough, rough around the yeah, edges. yeah a little edgy. she has that edge to her when she even speaks like you just mentioned guarded when she doesn't and here kind of letting that down, letting that go and just a little bit trying to be herself seemingly or or trying to strike up this conversation and 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 show this interest. I want this for her, maybe not with Isabella, but I want this for her in her life. You know, I want yeah. her to, to be open like this. Yeah, it gives a little more dimension now to understanding like some of what Valentina has been carrying with her, why she might be guarded. Now we understand why she has such a problem with Rocco. Um, <laughs> Rocco over there. Rocco. Um, so I like that we're learning more about what, you know, makes Valentina tick. And like you said, we're seeing a little bit more tenderness from her, um, which is nice, but I'm a little bit worried given what we know about how these situations tend to play out at the White Lotus uh, mm -hmm. franchise. I'm a little bit worried about where this might be going. About all parties involved. I swear, mm -hmm. if I see Alec Merlino show up, I'm going to scream. <laughs> like, I'm going to get real scared. Um, over at breakfast now, Portia and Tanya are sitting together. And Portia is starting to maybe have some regrets about the way she ended yesterday. Um, when she sees Albie come to the buffet, she's going to approach him and apologize. They should have hung out last night. Um, you know, she wants to get together with him today, but she's just going to need to um, get, she's just going to need to get out of babysitting Tanya all day. Mm -hmm. um, Albie's really delighted. He's like happy to hear this from her. And he, is really excited that they might be able to spend the day together. 
Yeah, every I love that everything looks different when the fruit plate is in the sunlight, like in the in the in the glare of the of the sun. Nothing uh, like those cannolis in the morning night to give you <laughs> uh -huh. a fresh perspective on the give world. That fresh perspective. Um, yeah, and actually, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, now that you mentioned it, it, it didn't occur to me watching the episode originally that he. It's a little bit of a twist from the day before when he was like, oh, I did want to come in, or maybe it was two days ago. At some point, one of the mornings he said, I did want to come into your room, yeah. but like, I didn't want to push. And he's having a little bit of regret then. And now her here perhaps showing, but I would say to a less extent, uh, a little bit of regret of maybe we should have hung out. Yeah. Let me just, like you said, let me just get away from Cray Cray over there and then yeah. have a day. These two kids just can't get on the same page. Yeah. Um, they're doing this dance and yeah. the dance is going to spin out a little bit this mm -hmm. episode. Um, yeah, when Portia goes back to the table, she's going to ask Tanya if she can hang out with Albie today. And she says, you know, he's nice and he's smart and he went to Stanford and he's not non-binary. I just mess everything up. I feel like if I won the lottery, I'd throw away the ticket. I just think I need to give him a chance. I don't understand that comment. No. Like, that was so bizarre. Was um, this Mike White trying like a little bit too hard to speak Gen Z? Do you think, Ariel? I just think uh, perhaps I hadn't thought of it like that, but like it's like I guess she has like a story of like oh, I, I tried to there. get with that yeah. non-binary person and mm -hmm. it didn't go great. Um, but also to your point about the Mike White of it all, like this is like the umpteenth mention of Stanford. I know. <laughs> Stanford I, I do like that, though. I do feel like mm. that rings true. Like, I feel like this. Oh, is, yeah, it's great. And it's definitely great as a bit. It's a funny bit. It's a funny because he because you're going to hear Albie later mentioned to Lucia. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, Lucia does not care, honey. She does not care. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, you know, here's here's Portia sort of pouring her heart out to Tanya and Tanya is not listening at all, Ariel. She I, is I think dissociating. She's dissociating again. I were you, did you just say something? <laughs> it's her specialty. Oh. She just she's it's like Anytime I feel selfish, I just, I should just think of Tanya because I'm like, well, at least I listen to people. At least I make an effort oh. because, because she just like retreats more and more into like yeah. herself. Well, Tanya's got Greg on the mind and she mm -hmm. thinks it's bullshit. Yeah. Along with a lot of people <laughs> who, who right. wrote us in Diaz uh, last week. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is a, uh, this smells, this has a smell to it. Greg's excuse yeah. according to Tanya. Um, as Tanya and Portia are leaving breakfast, we are going to get our first kind of full introduction to new characters, Quentin and Mateo. So Quentin is going to see, this is uh, the character played by Tom Hollander. As mm -hmm. Tanya walks by, he just has to say, so chic, you have impeccable style. Last night I said to Mateo, finally, a woman with taste. <laughs> it's like i mean tom tom hollander very very welcome as far mm -hmm. as i'm concerned such a great character actor um and this he's just the 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 effect that tanya seems to have on him but more importantly the effect that he's having on tanya yeah. and refreshingly for us on tanya's storyline is very welcome 
Yes. So we learn that Quentin is a British expat living in a fabulous villa in Palermo now. And the reason that he finds himself at the White Lotus is because he has friends that are staying at the hotel. So they took the boat around to meet them. Um, and Tanya is just very impressed with all of this. And just as they walk away, she's like, those, those guys are nice. <laughs> we know Tanya loves a boat. Mm -hmm. um so a mention of a boat here it's like ooh, full circle uh yeah she's she's she loves a boat at sunset i mean obviously this season in, in much more pleasant circumstances mm -hmm. seemingly but you said the magic word as far as she's concerned uh, yeah so they so quentin invites them to come and join let them later on over at the beach club so we're gonna have a lot of beach club coming up later in this episode mm -hmm. it's very jersey shore like all, <laughs> all the drama is going down at the beach and people are wearing flips and flip-flops mm -hmm. and open shirts this mm -hmm. is how it's gonna go down um Meanwhile, by the pool, Lucia and Mia are sort of collecting themselves after the events of the night before. And Lucia is, um, she's having some regret of her own. She's going to say, I feel like shit. I can't keep on living like this. Mia, forgive me. I'm a bad influence. I drag you into my shame and we're both <laughs> going to be punished. All whores are punished in the end. <laughs> The line, I drag you into my shame. I was like, wow, I definitely feel seen. Uh, <laughs> That's how I feel about us podcasting, Ariel. I'm like dragging you into my shame. Ay, ay, ay. That is, it's like such incredible line reading from Lucia and, mm. uh, or from the actress rather. And yeah, like you said, Lucia seems to be having a little bit of like a, she's very pensive a little bit of a crisis of 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 conscience perhaps mm -hmm. and um mia is mia's kind of like i mean i'm getting it this like having sex thing knowing exactly what you'll get out of it it's not so bad i i smell what you yeah. had been stepping in previously lucia yes there's a bit of a reversal here uh for the two of them where now mia's like oh okay okay so you know i have sex and then i get something out of it this might not be this might not be so bad after all um incidentally i think this is actually a fabulous episode for both of these characters mm -hmm. it's um uh, Beatrix Grano and I think Simone Tabasco are the names of the actresses. I thought that this was a really great episode for both of them. Um, so funny. So especially, mm -hmm. especially Mia, so many great comedic moments for her to play um, Yes. And then uh, Albie and Bert are going to come down to the pool and Mia is going to recognize Bert and say like, oh, what? Isn't this the old man whose hotel room key I have? This is incredible stuff for Mia. Like thinking on the fly, we need a shower. All, like to be clear, very risky. And and ultimately yeah. it plays out in a way, thankfully that doesn't come mm -hmm. back to bite them in the butt, at least yet. But uh, yeah, she's like, oh, he's here. We have a shower. Let's go, girl. Like, it, was like, it was wild. Incredible yeah. thinking. Yeah, to like the farce of it all, this is sort of where I think that kind of gets momentum. And especially in Mia's character, we see a lot of her running back and forth frantically, <laughs> making mischief, causing trouble for all these different uh, guests of the hotel. So this is their plan. They're going to run up and change in Bert's room. Um, and, um, you know, meanwhile, we are going to see um, Ethan and Ethan and Cameron are sort of 
uh, waking up in the morning um, and Cameron's going to come to Ethan. And this is, uh, you know, this is the important conversation that they have to have about what happened last night. And Ariel, there's just two words, bro code. Yo, it's bro code, yo. Don't be a don't be a non bro coder, bro. <laughs> bro code. Bro code. Bro code. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but now I love you, and I just want to be inside. Wow. And honestly, <laughs> Eric, the the uh, internet. Like honestly, if Twitter is is still isn't shut down already, right. <laughs> when everybody gets their hand on that screen grab, it definitely will. If that'll be the thing that breaks Twitter, Cameron saying to Ethan, "I love you. I just want to be inside of you." The first victim in White Lotus season two is Twitter because of this. <laughs> Twitter can survive Elon Musk, but it cannot survive the power. Theo James. Of Theo James <laughs> saying something sexual to Will Sharp. It cannot. Mm -hmm. It cannot. Yeah, I'm <laughs> touching him. Yes. Um, Ethan's just gonna get up and hurl. Yeah, that. I I love and I love, love, love this idea of like Ethan being agreeing to be fundamentally not himself. Here that meaning I agree that I'm going to lie to Harper because I'm I've historically been very honest with her they're they're famously honest with each other and here the second that happens he throws up i love that so yeah and so this is really i think this this little i mean if conversation if you want to call it that <laughs> this is this is you know going to sort of dictate we can only presume the way that ethan behaves in the rest of the episode because there's going to be several opportunities where Harper is going to ask him to be honest about what happened yesterday. And we can only assume that Ethan under normal circumstances would have been honest. And we were sort of in a little bit, like maybe we'll talk about this more in the, in the feedback show, mm -hmm. but um, Ethan does kiss Mia, but he does stop the kiss Pretty like after you know, pretty quickly he stops the kiss. They obviously don't engage to the point that, like, say Cameron and Lucia do. Like, do you think that this is something that Ethan would have told Harper otherwise, or is he just lying on behalf of Cameron because Cameron obviously did very unambiguously cheat on Daphne? I think it's it's a very interesting question. I think it's in his mind, it's so messy. And these things are inextricably linked now because like he wouldn't have this thing to lie to Harper about if it weren't for mm -hmm. uh, Cameron. And like you could argue and some people would and probably are yelling at their TVs while they're watching this of like, just tell her you didn't, you know, you didn't right. actually cheat on her. But he does have something to say because the fact that he had to turn Mia away is a thing that he had to do and yes he did it and he as far as I'm concerned like you do get some credit for that but you also have to be honest and I think right. like like I said it's like a little muddy for him to now keep all these things straight of like not only have I now not only do I now have a thing to lie to Harper about but also it's only because of of Cameron and right he is starting to affect me, which is what she was worried about. And now I'm seeing it in myself and, oh God, what have I done? And uh, this is his spiraling. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's been some 
conversation in the discord to this effect and i imagine that there are viewers who would say definitely ethan cheated on harper like they kissed um and i think that there's probably other viewers who would say oh i don't think that that's really cheating and he stopped it before it got out of hand so i can see that that might be ambiguous and people might feel differently but once he starts lying about it it kind mm -hmm. of compounds and becomes something else yeah. so I don't know how Ethan would have handled this had Cameron not insisted that he keep it quiet. But now that that has happened, we're going to see that this is going to create this source of tension um, that we can sense from both Harper and Ethan, I think, as the as the episode goes on. Yeah, I just love the idea that they were both and I think we got into this a little bit last time, but they were both activated by right. respectively uh, da uh, Har uh, excuse me, Daphne and Cameron. So now Ethan and Harper both come back, you know, physically, di physically feeling different because of the drugs that they took and because of the, the, the chemicals that they ingested, but also now the information that they have learned or the information that they now carry in Cameron's case, because of their interactions with their respective, uh, other couple that they had last yeah. night is has changed them and now they're acting different in the relationship and it's just it's such an interesting parallel because they are on parallel paths but for completely different reasons yeah yeah um so daphne and harper are still at the palazzo in noto having breakfast and daphne is going to confide in harper you know i was really high last night and i said some things that we should mm -hmm. just keep between us and she goes on i have trouble keeping girlfriends you know how girls are pretend they want to be your friend but they really just want to get something out of you and you know talk shit and stab you in the back i feel like i can trust you mm -hmm. plus, plus you don't know you anybody, don't know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible, incredible, incredible oh. moment. I mean, uh, you don't you don't know the people that I know. And Harper's like, oh yeah, no, totally, that's true. <laughs> I totally don't know those people. Um, when uh, so then when the couples reunite, um, you know, this is, you know, this is going to set off this dynamic that we see throughout the episode. Harper comes in and kisses. Ethan on the cheek and mm -hmm. he's going to compliment her dress and ask how everything went and Harper cannot wait to dish about everything that <laughs> Daphne told her um, and she is at this point gleeful she's going to say like it's just what I thought it's a front the whole kissy perfect thing he cheats on her and then Ethan's like uh why do you say that and she's like she basically told me and I think she does it too the point is they have a twisted relationship and we're fine compared to them we are fine compared to them it's it's so funny like the word choice the she's like the way she's talking about them which he calls out right away of like you you're kind it seems like you're kind of treating her the way she claimed to be treated by other women mm -hmm. and she's like no that's not, that's not what's happening here I'm just telling you what happened <laughs> yeah yeah and there's like this trap. So, I mean, I think we saw like last, there was a lot of reversals in this episode, right? We mm -hmm. see like the Mia and Lucia sort of switch their feelings, uh, swap their feelings about um, the whole sex work piece. We also see um, 
Portia and Albie kind of not getting on the same page in a, mm. in a somewhat comic way. But here we see that, whereas in the last episode, we noted that, um, that Harper was making all of these gestures, all these bids for attention to Ethan. Here we see Ethan saying like, I'm happy to see you. I love you. Your dress is nice. And Harper is completely um, not like, she's completely ignoring all of that and just mm -hmm. she's spinning out in her own head comparing their relationship to Daphne and Cameron's. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's not really doing either of them any favors because they're not like talking about the thing that they both kind of want to talk about, or I rather at least Harper wants to talk about. Uh, and Ethan does not want to talk about it at all. Everything is fine. Nothing happened. That's the official line. Um, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know if Ethan's like affection towards Harper, if we want to read it more out of like, he has this guilt that he's trying to like cleanse himself of by being really sweet and loving to her. Um, but for her part, you know, there's no connection. She's going to continue just dishing about Daphne. She has no women friends at all. I'm basically her best friend and I barely know her. And as Harper's <laughs> going on and on and on, Ethan's going to get up like still feeling sick, go to the bathroom. And this is when Harper finds a condom wrapper stuck in the couch cushion, Ariel. I, yeah, this was one of the times that I said, oh my God, out loud. I couldn't believe that it happened so quickly, so early in the episode. And now again, Harper has an information what is she going to do about it? Is she going to be classic Harper or to be like right away, what is this? Like, we need to talk about this immediately or not. And she chooses not. She chooses to bury it both emotionally mm -hmm. and in her bathroom makeup bag, seemingly. Yes. Yeah. So for now, what Harper chooses to do is take this piece of evidence and put it in her makeup bag um, and um, and become sort of distant and cut off from Ethan for the rest of the day. Um, you know, we are we're going to see we're going to follow this foursome as they come to the beach club um you know they're just going to we're going to overhear small talk for example about uh, jack dorsey doing barrel saunas whatever that is and how cameron wants a hyperbaric chamber but through all of this <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's basically the white noise in the background as we see like harper very much in her own world walking off looking at the sea sort of trying to cope with this uh information that she's got to her mind, she's going to think this is clear indication that Ethan has maybe cheated on her, mm -hmm. maybe had sex with somebody else, um, which totally rocks her world and her vision of what she thought her partner was like and what her marriage was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at the very least, he's lying about the events of the night. Right. And I think as anyone would she's afraid of the truth even though she wants to know the truth she's afraid of how bad the truth could be so it it makes sense that she wouldn't push it at least yet and as far as the point about the sea i loved this episode i think we have gotten a lot of a lot of shots of the sea of course before you know that's where the bodies will end up that's where 
you know, it's on this whole thing is on is on the water. So we see it a lot. But here I felt like the pull of the water, almost mm-hmm. like the water is ready to accept its victims in like this very, you know, almost sinister way. And here we see we see uh, Harper being pulled by the water in a way, right? Like we know yeah. that she's going out there because she's like, oh my God, I need, I need space because I'm, I'm feeling all these things. And she's, she walks out onto that uh, platform, but it really does feel. And again, because we get so many of those shots of like, of, of violent water specifically. And like, again, I just feel this pull of the water and I'm like, Harper, no, don't jump. Don't be one of the victims. I don't it's want to It's beautiful and it's dangerous, right? It's yeah, like the siren exactly. song. We're going to, you know, later Albie and Lucia are talking about the beautiful blue ocean and it draws you in, but it's also mm-hmm. very dangerous. They're going to talk about the beautiful Isabella later. And, you know, it's, it's beautiful, but it's deadly. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that that's definitely a theme and it's extremely evocative and there's lots of really fantastic shots in this very episode that I think um, exemplify that exactly. Um, yes. And I, and now I'm thinking of the, the way the pool is like a cold body of water because it's unnatural. So like you mm-hmm. said, like the water is inviting, even though it's dangerous, the real water, the seawater uh, and the, the pool could never, it just, you know, especially it, I, I don't if like you have sensitive nips, sensitive nips. <laughs> it's a no, 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 no for me. No, 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 It's a no, no for me. Um, elsewhere at the beach club, Portia and Tanya are going to arrive, um, to Quentin's party. Um, he's going to offer them drinks, um, introduce them to everyone. Um, there's just some, just some funny moments here. Quentin's going to introduce them. Dino's family has the most incredible estate in Aries, which you have to see before it crumbles to the ground. And Dino says, it is my masterpiece, but it has completely ruined my life. Tanya and says, Tanya is like, believe me, I get that. <laughs> and we're all kind of looking at each other collectively as a viewing audience to be like, what is she talking about? Like, what, did, what, what has Tanya done? What has she done? <laughs> Besides, like, ruin people's lives a little bit. Uh, um, but Quentin is also going to introduce his nephew, Jack, who is... I love this. <laughs> it is it, Mr. Sensitive Nips himself. Mr. Sensitive Nips! Before. And I love just the way that this scene is shot because you don't notice him in the back. He's leaning mm-hmm. off, like, the, the edge of this, like, little terrace drinking facility that they're Mm -hmm. at you know that they have they kind of have to themselves yeah and he's in the back again he's leaning off he's facing away from the camera so you actually don't see him and it isn't until or you don't notice him I guess I should say I didn't notice him yeah and as soon as although when I went back and watched it you can see like the tattoo even when he's turned around so like he's hiding in plain sight kind of thing Mm -hmm. once he's in truth it's like see they got me again this is one of the surprises that I talked about earlier in the episode of just like this is so great. I was wondering how long that would take. And this is such an organic way to bring him back into Portia's orbit. So Portia and Jack are going to get to talking and. And he's a Brit in it. He's a Brit. He's from, he's, he, he might as well be from a cave, like the caveman (laughs) that she so desires, but he's actually from Essex. Uh, And he Uh, hasn't been anywhere except Essex. I haven't been anywhere. Um, (laughs) And he's staying with his uncle in Sicily for two months. And they've just been hanging out at this, you know, sort of never ending gay party. And Mm -hmm. the only women they invite are old hags. (laughs) 
And then he's like, but I mean that in the nice way. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't come to Sicily to have tea with old ladies. Um, no, I came here to party. I didn't come to Palermo <laughs> to, to just hang out with ladies who want to touch me and the older men. No, I'm wearing my, I, I didn't wear my sexy underwear. I'm not wearing my fancy undies for this. Uh -huh. So Portia is going to say that, you know, she also hoped Sicily would be more of an adventure, but so far it's been soul crushing. But Jack, to which Jack will reply, if you want an adventure, stick with me because I know how to have fun in the sandbox. <laughs> like, whatever Ooh. that means. And we're like, oh, not everyone <laughs> likes sand. You know, it gets everywhere. It really gets everywhere. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Um, so Portia and Jack are hitting it off. Um, and, you know, Albie, poor guy, this is going to come to the beach club to try to meet up with Portia, save her a place to sit. But um, he's going to notice that she seems to be otherwise engaged, chatting up good old sensitive nips, Jack. Yeah, Portia's the one who said soul crushing, but here is Albie's mm, soul, soul crushed a little bit by her. Yeah, and I have to say, I've been tough on Albie. I think the last two episodes, I found him very sympathetic in this episode. Like mm. I did feel like he took a bit of a turn for me, especially because Portia is now like very clearly sending him mixed signals um, by, you know, saying we should hang out. I should have come to your room last night and then promptly ignores him all day, leaves him waiting while he's watching her flirt with somebody else. I really That's felt awesome. bad for Albie. I did too. I mean, it helps that he's not like trying to kiss anyone when they mm -hmm. clearly don't want to be kissed mm -hmm. kind of. Uh, but I agree. It definitely is a little bit more of a, of a, of a uh, complicated episode for for Albie and and Portia is just kind of experiencing the world in real time and what I mean by that is like her emotions and mm -hmm. she did when she saw Albie in the morning she was like yeah we should hang out and she meant it but then she meets this bloke and she's like <laughs> oh my god I got to hang out with this bloke and then like that's just how it goes but clearly we know or at least we assess as as viewers in my mind like she's she has been trying to like convince herself that she's interested in Albie and that she should be interested in Albie as we talked a little bit last week about the nice guys versus the bad mm -hmm. guys and it's like you got to just be honest with yourself if you don't like him you don't like him and to your point it leads to it leads to some of this mess yeah yeah um so we're we'll see how all of that plays out throughout the episode um but Quentin and Tanya are talking more Tanya's going to ask about this beautiful rocky mountainous little island that's right off the coast of where they're staying called Isabella and we learn from Quentin and I'm going to just kind of remark on this because I think that this will is probably here for some thematically important reason mm -hmm. um that this was a house that was owned by a wealthy Swedish family and the old matriarch was the last one living there and a bunch of powerful local investors who were thinking might be um, attached to the mafia, were interested in one at the house, but she wouldn't budge and sell it. And then one day her body was found in a heap at the bottom of the rocks. As one does. Mm -hmm. This is just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> I guess it's very, very common in Italy. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't help but wonder if this, oh my God, I put on my my Carrie Bradshaw hat. I couldn't help <laughs> but wonder um, if this had to do with certainly thematically but like actually in some way historically tied to the uh you know the statue story of like mm. the women 
killing the man in some yeah. way, you know, it's like perhaps revenge here. Like, I think it stood out to me that it was like another piece of mythology and maybe these two things could be related. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a murder here, which is going to always perk up our ears because mm -hmm. we know that we're building towards some sort of murder that involves the ocean and the rocky shore. Um, and what Quentin is going to say is that, you know, well, now the house is open to the public, so maybe it's worth it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it was all worth it in the end. They got what they wanted, I guess. So there's something here that's like, you know, like Machiavellian is it for the greater good. Like, I don't know exactly how this this is going to um how this is going to tie into the eventual, uh, you know, mystery of this season, but it just seemed too significant to not make note of in some way. Um, old matriarch uh, found in the rocky shore having been murdered. Um, we'll just sort of see how that comes up again. Yeah, we're keeping we're keeping it on a death watch, or I guess we can maybe we can be on ghost watch of like, do we see any matriarch looking? Oh ghosts? yeah, and 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 Quentin is also going to say that we should go and see it. So it makes me wonder if in one of the um, upcoming episodes, if we're going to see Tanya go to the Isola Bella, and does that does this they have a boat? They, You're right. They have, so does this mean that Tanya will be at the Isolabella and is that a potential site where something nefarious could happen? I don't the know. Um, yes, because the it seemed like the bodies, right, when Daphne goes into the water in the beginning of, season, of episode one, she's a little bit away from the shore. So if the bodies have washed up from Isolabella, mm, it would make sense. It's not too far away. So I think that this could be pointing to a potential site of foul play in a future episode at the very least. Maybe um, this is endgame here. Mm -hmm. This island is endgame. <laughs> um, and, you know, this is when uh, Tanya's going to tell Quentin that, you know, she was here with her husband, but he left. And then Quentin says, you know, well, tell me everything from the beginning. And Tanya takes that extremely literally and says, mm -hmm. well, I was born in San Francisco. And then Quentin's like, oh, the very beginning. OK, oh, literally, literally <laughs> everything. And I couldn't help but think here. God, I need to retire that phrase. I couldn't help but think if uh, <laughs> because we know we found out at some point that that tanya was like uh, was born into money right like her father yes. was some kind of magnate or something yeah, like that shipping magnate, shipping magnate. so like yes. was she really which you know makes sense san francisco mm -hmm. and uh on Port the water City, yeah but did she really live like in palo alto or somewhere like really rich but she defaults to saying san francisco because it just sounds more palatable and also mm. more people know it i was like We'll see about if you actually grew up in San Francisco. Um, so, you know, as we're going to mercifully cut to the end of Tanya's story after God knows how many hours and Tanya's going to say, so you see, <laughs> it's just been a series of very bad decisions. Um, <laughs> yeah, she probably didn't mention Belinda in that story. Oh, gosh, poor Belinda. And Quentin's going to very generously say, you've just had bad luck. You're like the heroine of your own Italian opera. Um, and Tanya's going to ask if that means she's doomed. And Quentin tells you're too fabulous to be sad. The best thing about luck is it can always change. Um, do, you do you really believe that? <laughs> no, no. <he> doesn't. <laughs> this is so dark. Yeah. The, because the, again, the, the, the Italian opera, I don't pretend to know much about Italian opera. 
but I know that they are dramatic and I know that dramatic things tend to happen a la death. So the so idea is she of, doomed? Yeah, yeah. This, this is one of the episodes. So we have this, the Tanya mentioning that she, uh, like, you know, when she first sees the view, has anybody ever jumped from here? There mm -hmm. are a lot of little, um, there's a, there are some clues along the way suggesting that Tanya could be the one who is in fact doomed but we'll we'll track that we'll have time to talk about that when we do our feedback episode so definitely write us in if you have any theories about that yes. um, we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Meanwhile, Lucia and Mia have, uh, you know, made it to Bert's room where they're showering and blow drying their hair and getting dressed, the full works. Um, Ariel, I noticed something here in this scene. Um, in Bert's room, there's a painting of a woman holding a tray that has two eyes on the tray. Did you notice this? Two eyes? No, I did not notice this. So I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade. So I know the story of St. Lucy or St. Uh -huh. Lucie, uh -huh. who was a saint who had pledged herself to celibacy and she had a suitor 
who was so enamored and persistent with her. Mm -hmm. And he said that she had the most beautiful eyes. So the story is that she gouged her own eyes out and gave them to him in order to protect her virtue. Wow. That is, that is a strong virtue. (laughs) So our Lucia, our Mm -hmm. friend Lucia is going to see this painting in Bert's room and cross herself as she looks at it. And I thought that this was an, this was an incredibly, uh, I think, you know, subtle, but, uh, but potentially meaningful note to see our Lucia mm-hmm. see this painting of St. Lucia at this moment where she's feeling a lot of regret and shame about her choice to engage in sex work and um, to have this story of, you know, suitors being so persistent and wanting your physical beauty that you have to actually uh, mutilate yourself in order to avoid that. A mm-hmm. lot, a lot of really heavy themes here. Yeah, and just really great comedic work from her as mm-hmm. usual. Like just the mm-hmm. way that she the the physical acting of the way that she reacts to seeing it and then quickly crosses herself. It's very, it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so as me and Lucia are getting ready, Albie and Bert are walking back to the room. Um and um my anxiety was was <laughs> flaring. It was it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> So Bert is going to use his key to enter his room, as you do, and walk in to see Mia partially undressed, putting her clothes on. And Bert is going to immediately, oh, sorry, wrong room. Wrong room. (laughs) He just assumes it's the wrong room, which is hilarious because, like you just said, his key worked. Um, and maybe he was being, he was being kind, but I think, I think as I sit here and think about it, it's like a very honest reaction. You Mm -hmm. walk into a room and you see strangers who clearly look like they're supposed to be there. And you're kind of going to be like, oh my God, I clearly am in the wrong place. Right. Right. Not not these true intruders. (laughs) And then they're going to say, oh, sorry, we thought it was our room. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. And I love earlier. No, it does not check out. And they're about to check out of that room. Mm -hmm. They better, they better be careful. Valentine's going to make them check out um the earlier when you know you spoke a little bit about their about their about their role reversals Mm -hmm. and Mia was like straightening her hair in the bathroom and Lucia's like hurry up we need to get out of here and Mia's like what do you mean like (laughs) she's such a great Incredible, but yes, mm-hmm. they they do run off always, always uh, barefoot. It's their, yes, it's their yes. favorite, their favorite yeah. footwear. Yeah, yeah, and like the running partially undressed. It just like it's very kind of like classic comedy. I think in some ways, I thought that this was really fun uh, from both of these actresses. Um, they're going to join Albie at the beach club. So me and and Lucia, after freshening up, are going to come and uh, find some. Uh, beach chairs over at the beach club. Um, Albie is saving the seat for his friend. Uh, and Lucy's going to ask if they can at least stay until she comes. Um, and we're going to see Albie is looking up and noticing that um, Portia does not seem very concerned with joining him. So um, he's going to eventually walk up to the gazebo where Portia is partying with Quentin and his crew and tell her that, you know, I've saved you a seat and um, Portia is going to, you know, tell, oh, no, I need to stay here with Tanya longer. Um, And then in the meantime, 
poor Albie, his uh, Dominic and Bert are going to come by and shout up to him like, hey, we saved you a table. And Albie's like, I don't want to hang out with you. Albie's like, oh, this is worst case scenario. This is not this was uncomfortable to watch. Like the I saved you a seat. Like, do you expect her to leave right now? Like, what is what is best case scenario for you in this situation of like, clearly she's talking to this guy Mm -hmm. who if you're understanding the body language they seem to be interested in each other clearly he does because he's that's what he's picking up on which is causing him to do this but like just you know and maybe he's like she wants somebody who's aggressive which again for the record she never said Mm -hmm. uh so maybe this is him being aggressive i don't know but it kind of it just comes off as so childish and uncool his father and his grandpa are like come we're gonna go the combination of like the girl he thought he had a date with is talking to some other guy and he's going to go up and embarrass himself by saying like, Hey, you can sit with me. And she's like, no, I'm cool. And then having like his dad and grandpa show up and be like, Hey, yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was just so, I was so embarrassed for Albie. It really was. Yeah. You kind of just like retreat <laughs> to, to feeling like a kid again in that way. And yeah. like, you know, high school and all that, that kind of stuff. So um, Albie has no choice but to join Bert and Dominic for lunch. And um, Dominic is going to show off the jewelry that he bought for Albie's mom. Um, And Albie's going to say, you know, you can't just buy people off, dad. Um, And, you know, Bert is going to say, well, no, you can buy people off. And this looks beautiful. It's perfect. He's going to offer to talk to Abby. And Dom is going to say, well, you know, the only person that she'd actually listen to is probably and gestures to Albie, um, <sighs> which is just like really bad. And Al- and poor Albie, like this is really Albie's getting beaten up in this episode and he's going to tell Dominic, I'm not going to be your advocate, dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dominic's going to say, I completely understand. But if you really wanted the family <laughs> together... No, do not put this on him. This is disgusting, honestly. This is the worst thing that I think we see from Dom, like, explicitly, is how terrible he is about putting Albie right in the middle of this. And Albie's going to totally, like, be in the right and stand up for himself, saying that's so manipulative. Um, And he gets up to leave. It is. It is. It is very valid. I will just quickly say it is very validating for me personally to see it treated this way. (laughs) It's like, no, 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 please, no, please. (laughs) No need. But yes, this is, this is to be clear, something that should never be done. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's pretty black and white, but just it's that again, we're getting at a little bit of with Dominic and, and, and Bert, I guess, to an extent that like old world, thinking about how things should be and like us men you gotta we gotta stick together you gotta help me with your mom convince her that i'm not a piece of shit which i'm clearly giving you more evidence that i am (laughs) yeah so bad um so meanwhile um back at the beach club uh lucia and mia are talking about their aspirations and lucia just wants enough money to open a shop um mia doesn't care about money she just wants to sing and this gives mia a really great idea ariel it's like oh my god i should totally have sex with that guy (laughs) 
with that sleaze ball, the musician, the terrible musician. I just, if I, that's, her takeaway. that's her takeaway from so this. She's like F Marie Abraham. If I just <laughs> F the piano player. If I F the the piano player, I can Murray the life <laughs> that I want by Abrahaming my old life. She almost Abraham the piano player. Too. <laughs> um, so yes, she almost does. And and the way it happens is hilarious. <laughs> this whole thing is so ridiculous. So Lucci is going to say like, no, Mia. And she's like, no, no, it's just one time, whatever. He's old <laughs> and he sucks, but I'll just do it once. And it's like, once she awful. has this idea, she's like, I, I'm, I have to do it right now. I have to do I it have, now. It's Let's like, do it. now it's the time. And the um, hilarious reaction from Lucia is just like, oh my God, I've created a monster. <laughs> um, so Lucy left alone is going to go back and find Albie. And then they're, they're going to hit it off and, um, you know, go for a swim together, he's going to decide that he's going to give up for now on trying to make this date with Portia happen and spend some time with Lucia. And you know what? We cannot blame him for that. We cannot blame him. Lucia no. is ridiculously charming, also clearly very attractive. Mm -hmm. And he's like, wow, I mean, give me something <laughs> else to do. I'm not going to really think about that other girl whose name I all of a sudden can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Mia is on a mission. Um, she goes straight to the piano to find Giuseppe. And that's the name of the piano player. Um, Giuseppe. What, Giuseppe. She is going to offer to have sex with him if he introduces her to the people that he knows that can help get her set up in music. Mm -hmm. And he's very, he's very interested. And she says, it has to be now. The sooner the better. <laughs> exactly what you want to hear like mm -hmm. it has to be now so romantic um, um but he's 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 into it so far yeah he's like oh you want to do it now cool well i have the holiest of places <laughs> that we can perhaps make this thing happen that we can uh uh what's it what's it called when you consecrate the marriage oh, in the yes. non in the what he calls it a a desecrated or non no, so, okay that, that's, so he takes her to the chapel in the hotel and he says don't worry it's deconsecrated <laughs> These two, this is this so is hilarious. funny. And they, it seems like they don't even lock the door or have the ability to do so, but clearly no one's using this room uh, except God, mm -hmm, arguably. Mm -hmm. I mean, so she's a little bit like, well, first of all, she's turned off because she finds him disgusting. And then additionally, <laughs> like being in a chapel and seeing all of the religious paintings and the crosses, it's like, not doing it for her um he's gonna get on top of her in one of the pews with her she's looking up at the ceiling and you hear her saying this is translated as ew 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 but like i studied a little bit italian it's actually it's disgusting it's disgusting it's disgusting yeah you and i know that yeah um and then they're going to get into it. But then there's a problem, Ariel. Giuseppe is not rising to the occasion. Listen, he's a little older. The things, you know, but but we remember and Mia remembers most importantly <laughs> that Lucia, a consummate professional, <laughs> she has all the party tricks that you would <laughs> need to make this happen. So she's like 
in another hilarious turn, Mia's like, okay, stay here. Don't move. I'm going to go get Viagra. And he's like, Viagra? And she's like, yeah, Viagra. And he's like, not opposed to it. Like, seemingly no. he's never yeah. tried it. But he's like, oh, if you have it, maybe. <laughs> and um, it's ridiculous that he's like willing to just sit there while she disappears for minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. And he also, I he think. Says, watch watch some porn on your phone. <laughs> watch some porn on your Mia is, is my, I mean, yes. in this episode she she supplanted just for one episode uh Valentina oh, as queen. Very good. Yeah. And so she runs off to find uh Lucia's bag and starts looking through it. Lucia's in the ocean with Albie. Um, there's lots of different pills. She doesn't know what's what. She runs to the beach. She grabs one of each. She grabs one of each and runs over to the beach and asks Lucia, which pill is Viagra? And Lucy's like, I can't hear you. I don't care. And she's like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Christine, it's crazy. They're yeah. not that far away from <laughs> each other. And none of neither of them makes the effort to get closer in order to hear the other person so me is just like whatever it's fine it just runs away and i love that lucia's like bye (laughs) um so she comes back to the chapel gives giuseppe both pills he's like two and she's like yes two take them Okay, so here, because I think this is important plot-wise, is it what I took it to mean in that moment was that she didn't decide between the two pills, and she's going to give him both pills, knowing that at least one of them is Viagra, and the other one is probably the Molly. Yes, that's what I think happened. Okay, good, good, good. Um, So now he's ingested both pills, and she just sort of stares at his crotch, and then he's like, (laughs) aspetta, aspetta. <laughs> Give him a minute. Give him a minute. Man, a minute. He can't help. He can't help it that digestive systems and humans take a long time. That's just science. Look, this is pharmacokinetics. It takes time. <laughs> um, and then there's this amazing. I mean, I just thought that this was just such a funny and tragic and beautiful scene of. Mia and Giuseppe sitting next to each other, um, both looking straight forward in the pew of the chapel. Um, and like they're looking bored and impatient and ashamed. I mean, it's the least sexy scene. It almost looks like he's her older relative, Ariel. Like yes. she especially, looks very young in this scene. Yes, especially when she like slumps down next to him to wait for the uh things to take effect she just looks like you said like a niece like a daughter mm-hmm. perhaps like um and just kind of sitting there like oh i hate i hate and then she starts to get into some you know i spoke again i spoke about surprise in this episode and yeah. this is like a wonderful surprising turn as far as like this in this interaction and this conversation that they have to have because they're waiting mm-hmm. of just uh I hate, she starts to say, I hate that men have so much power. Power, yeah. 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 And to which Giuseppe's going to say, if we didn't, pretty girls like you wouldn't get to skip to the front of the line. I I don't know if there's anyone out there who like was still, still had any points in his tank as Mm -hmm. far as like, um, you know, empathy. This is, this is it. This is like, you gotta, you gotta cut him loose because- this is a disgusting human. And the fact that he said this 
sentenced so earnestly and honestly is frankly criminal. Yeah. Whatever those drugs are doing in their interaction inside of you, Giuseppe, <laughs> you deserved it. Um, yeah. He says pretty girls like you wouldn't get to skip to the front of the line. And, you know, to which Mia's, <laughs> Mia is going to think, I like to herself, I imagine, I'm only imagining channeling Mia here, like, I just tried to have sex with a man, an old man who discussed me in a chapel. And like, I don't like, I'm hardly at the front of the line. Yeah, um, what line? What line is this? And we know we've seen that she's a much better singer than he is. Like Incredible she just wants singer, to yeah. sing on her own merits. And instead she feels like the thing that she has to do is trade her body for you know, the, the right to have her career. Um, so this was, I thought, again, I thought like a really incredible scene in terms of hammering out the, the, you know, thesis of the whole white Lotus season two about, um, the transactional nature of sex, sexual politics, um, gender dynamics, all of that. Um, really, really interesting. And, and, and a funny scene at the same time. Um, so, uh, really great work, I think from, this actress is uh, Beatrice Grano in this scene. She's the best. She's she's the reigning queen for this mm -hmm. episode. She um, gets my fishy. She gets fishy for the episode. Um, Giuseppe is not feeling great, and they weren't they weren't successful in completing their mission. Ariel, what a damn waste! <laughs> Mia's like, I wasted my whole damn day on this damn thing that I didn't even want to do. I just trying to get my career on. Like, this is her job, right? This has become her job because this is the thing that she's doing in order to get what she mm -hmm. wants. So this for the day, this was her her job. So Giuseppe and Mia are at the bar, and Giuseppe wants to know, like, what did I take? And you know, she's like, okay, don't worry about that. Just tell me about these people that you're going to introduce me to. <laughs> Um, the people let's get to it. And people, I really thought he was going to turn around and be like, there are no people like that. I, I mean, he probably like, that's probably true. Cause yes, he just no, says, we'll talk about it another time. But it's like, at, at this point, time. it's like, there is no, there is no payoff from this. Like he has no intention of, of, of hooking her up with any sort of career, uh, advice or help or opportunities here. Um, yeah, it's, it screams, it screams, like we said, it screams, I have no idea what I'm doing, but my, I'm about to have a heart attack. So I need to turn around for a second. <laughs> um, so Giuseppe though, the consummate professional is going to do his very best to perform the dinner service here at the white Lois. Um, Bert is even less impressed with him than usual. He sounds terrible. Um, as, we see uh, the Harpers and the Spillers like coming in to join them at dinner. Giuseppe is going to get up and just pass out. Yeah, Giuseppe is like full. He's he's apparently singing even worse than usual, which as mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned, there was no change. Uh, it was always bad, um, especially when we heard Mia sing. Uh, but... Yeah, poor guy. I really, I really worried for him. I was like, really? This is the first victim we're going to get? I'm not like too compelled that this guy is like having problems. But, you know, you also kind of figure he's going to be relatively okay. I know the kind of like on a person his age, I kind of saw it coming, you know, the kind of side effects that it might that these 
mm-hmm. that medicine might bring, or at least certainly the, the Molly part of it, I guess, yeah. uh, because he wasn't used to it. So I wasn't really fearful. I was like, they can probably get him some help fairly quickly. Um, but again, just another like brush with death that we get here. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know, like he's going to get um, taken away in an ambulance. Um, I guess we don't know what is going to happen to him, whether he survives this. Uh, I think it's very possible that he does. I don't think that there's a high likelihood of a overdose fatality here, um, but he's going to get taken away. Yes, away, away, away. Lots of <laughs> lots of flashing lights again, just like teasing the impending doom. Um, and this is going to interrupt actually uh, over at the front desk. Valentina is giving Isabella a gift from the store that she had said she liked. Yeah, so I happen to be walking. I'm Valentina right now. I happen to be mm-hmm. walking around that place that I like sent that terrible guest who interrupted us to walk. Mm-hmm. And I saw that store that you mentioned and I was like, whoa, what are the chances? That's crazy. And uh, I bought you this thing because you just like came into my head and I wanted you to have it. Um. So Isabella is, you know, going to be very gracious about accepting the gift um it's a starfish it's a little starfish pin it's adorable Mm -hmm. i mean the fact that it's a starfish is adorable yeah yeah she's going to pit valentina's gonna ask if she can pin it on isabella's jacket and she's sort of fawning over isabella to the point that she doesn't even hear the ambulances pull up no she doesn't really hear the commotion we know that uh non love struck Mm -hmm. valentina would be hip to commotion immediately and like yell at Rocco, even if Rocco wasn't mm-hmm. standing there. And here it's like, she's too busy putting the pin on Isabella and making sure that the pin is sitting just right on her. Yeah. Coat. And Isabella to her credit. I mean, again, it's not great that it's her boss, but to her credit, I think we have seen her in various social situations have a great poker face, like gives no indication as to whether she actually minds that, that uh you know valentina's treating her this way it seems like she's fine with it but she's just keeping her same face that she always has so i think i think she's in the right in the right business as far as customer service (laughs) um yes that's one of the uh vital skills needed in the hospitality industry um Mm -hmm. so rocco is going to say giuseppe passed out and then you know we're gonna see valentina kind of snap out of it and um as they're seeing Giuseppe um, getting wheeled away, uh, <laughs> Mia is going to run up to Valentina and ask if she can perform. And Valentina's like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> like, this is not. This is not. It's like this now. This is not the time for this. He's like, Please. And I really thought that Mia was just going to do it anyway. And that it was going to be mm-hmm. one of these moments of like, you can't even make me stop because everyone is enjoying it so much. And it's like mm-hmm. undeniable that my talent is is like unrivaled, certainly as far as Giuseppe is concerned. Um, so the Harpers and the Spillers have come down to dinner um, after like some more awkwardness in getting ready, um, you know, with Harper continuing to implore Ethan to tell her what happened yesterday and he's not offering anything. Um when they come to the table, there's, um, you know, they they obviously see Giuseppe pass out and 
like that's going to spur Daphne telling some sort of story that nobody's really listening to. And the tension between Harper and Ethan is palpable. Um, we also get this moment where Cameron and Harper make eye contact. It seems like maybe exchanging a knowing glance about something. Did you notice that? Ariel? I did notice it from the perspective of, of Cameron because mm -hmm. it's like she's acting weird and he is not only noticing but like genuinely curious as to why and it again it speaks speaking to their kind of uh the tension the perhaps mm -hmm. romantic or sexual tension uh, underneath some of their interactions the two of them Right. Um, and it's also possible that like, you know, I mean, he knows what he did. Right. And he knows that, you know, that Harper and Daphne were off for the day together. He knows what kind of things yeah. like what kind of games Daphne plays. Does right. he feel seen like by Harper that Harper sort of has figured him out or knows what he is? Yes. Um, right. He knows that Daphne that. would tell would put herself in a position where she was just like brutally honest with Harper about what went on. So Harper could be aware of the kind of thing that could happen and actually did happen. So yeah, I, th I think you're right on that. Um, so we've, we've noted that there is some electricity between these two characters. Um, and you know, we haven't really seen that bear fruit yet, but, um, with, uh, we're now, um, on episode four with, three episodes left. I think that that's definitely something that I'm going to be looking for. Yeah, that it's that and death watch. That's, that's what death we got. Yes. <laughs> um, Tanya and Portia, meanwhile, are sitting at a table together and Tanya is just sort of glowing from her great day. If you're looking for mm -hmm. a friend, gay guys are really the best. Women are kind of depressing. Most women are drips. It's not their fault. They have a lot to be depressed about, but they're not fun. This is bizarre. <laughs> like, l l let's put aside the whole, like, you know, gay guys are the best friends a girl can have. And, like, they're not threatening. And, and that's, you know, we... I stand that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of mutual history and love between those two groups that I genuinely respect. Uh -huh. But this the way that she is talking about women and kind of most importantly, not in seemingly to me, at least not including herself in that, like very clearly talking about herself. But she's using the phrase women and she's not saying we she's saying most women are drips. It's not their fault. Because they do have a lot to be depressed about, aka she also has a lot to be depressed about and is considered a drip. Uh, but they're not fun. And we know that she doesn't really consider herself fun. So it's this weird moment of like almost, uh, I don't want to say self-awareness because it's like unfair of her in a way to generalize so much both about herself and about women in general. But clearly this is how she feels about herself, but isn't able to like fully be honest with it in that way. And like stand yeah. in her truth of, yeah. of the way of the mirror that she seems to be holding. She's up projecting her own insecurities onto women in general. And not no. only is she, you know, failing to acknowledge that this is actually how she feels about herself, but she's also like saying this to a young woman who's receiving it. Like, she's like, Oh, Oh, we are like, you know, <laughs> right. um, so, you know, this is very interesting. We also got that conversation between Harper and um, Daphne earlier in the episode about how women 
female friendships are fraught with, you know, this kind of competitiveness or nastiness, mm -hmm. or they just want something, which is really interesting because seemingly Daphne was saying the op saying the same thing about male friendships and being grateful that she was a woman because she didn't have to deal with that. So I think that there's a lot of um, these characters sort of recognizing things and projecting them onto others instead of really internalizing what that means uh, for themselves. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm familiar with that. Couldn't be me, <laughs> yeah. but I see it. <laughs> and actually, you're like that. <laughs> you're like, exactly. <laughs> um, so the guys, Quentin and the crew, Jack, they're all going to join them. Um, at the table, Jack put on fresh underwear for Portia. Um, really, it's, it's being, my freshies, isn't it? <laughs> in it, really being the anti Albie here, very much like I'm going to show you my underwear later. And Portia's like, um, well, we'll we'll see about we'll that. See. <laughs> like she's not not interested. Also, I have to say, I just couldn't help but as we got to know him more and more, I just couldn't help but like remember how you described him when we first saw him in the pool. You were like, I could not be like any less attracted. <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm enjoying it so much, imagining Dr. Amanda's response to all of this. No, yeah. Um, no, no, no cavemen from Essex. He's such a me, good, he, he's, a, he's a proper bloke. He's just like a, he's bloke, a, pro right? a proper bloke from Essex. Um, mm -hmm. So Tanya and Quentin are talking. Um, Tanya's really grateful for the great day that she's had with them. Um, Quentin's a huge advocate for distraction. And along those lines, he is going to invite them to his villa in Palermo, where they're having a big party. They can find a well-hung Italian stud, heterosexual even. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh -huh. And Tanya is very intrigued. She says, you know, we'll, we'll come, we'll do it. We're mm -hmm. going to come to your party in Palermo. So we are definitely going to get some more locations, Ariel. We're going to get a boat. We're going to get a boat, villa. I was just going to say this boat is our passport mm -hmm. to these little islands that you can't yeah. just get to without mm -hmm. a boat. So, mm -hmm. or without, you know, even if you, you can't charter a boat there, you need this like private boat money. I like it. Um, so at Bert and Dom's table, we're going to see Albie pop in and say that he's not going to join them for dinner tonight because he met a girl on the beach that we know is Lucia and he wants to have dinner with her instead. Um, and you know, Dominic says, of course, um, and that's going to spur Bert to ask Dominic if he's jealous. Um, and Bert's going to add, I may never see a naked woman again, although I did see one today in my room. <laughs> This is hilarious from Burr. And this is like, mm -hmm. an, it's so innocent and, 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 and lovely. Like, are, I, I think we're supposed, I'm trying to think about it now, honestly, like, are we supposed to, do we think that he very clearly remembers and he, because it seems, the reason I'm asking is because it seems to me like, yes, he could possibly recognize these women being the women who looked like prostitutes mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. his, in his parlance. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't seem to me here like he's mentioning it to Dom in the way that he had first mentioned it to him, where he's kind of mm -hmm. like, oh, are you doing this? He's just like telling a story like, oh, my God, you'd never believe it. These same women were in my room. Isn't that crazy? 
Yeah, Bert is really riding that line between like where we don't know how much of this is like senility, how much of this is he really knows exactly what's going on. And he's sort of using his age as an excuse to sort mm -hmm. of lay all these breadcrumbs and make everyone uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, he he saw a naked woman today in his room and it was they were the same women I saw coming out of your room the other day. Um, you know, Dominic wants to know what were they doing in your room, Dad? I have no idea, but it was a nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> he was so excited. I mean, we saw his reaction in real time. He was smiling. So again, yeah. he's not he's not misrepresenting or manipulating the, you know, the 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 story to try to get a rise out of Dom. He's just like lucky me yeah yeah um he's never he you know maybe his heart will always skip a beat when he like goes into a room oh. from now on he's like oh maybe maybe are they gonna be in here <laughs> oh, and be careful with that heartbeat Bert. you know. know it's hard at your age i know um you have to stay keep this man away from from lucia's bag that's all yes. I yes yes um but the plot is going to thicken immediately because when Albie meets up with Lucia at the bar, you know, Mia's there too. And Bert's going to look over and say, oh, hey, now Albie's with the same girls. <laughs> like father, like father, like son. <laughs> and it seems like he's genuinely proud. Uh -huh. Like he, he says, I think he asks, aren't you jealous? Mm -hmm. You know, jealous of, I guess, jealous of youth, right? Like Albie's... Mm -hmm. uh, whatever his perceived virility from like mm -hmm. bird or whatever but um he's like yeah you should be i'm jealous but again in that very proud way mm -hmm. like look at him he is a man after all All that stanford talk couldn't slow him down <laughs> we all get to see the same girls naked like it's that great <laughs> for us how lucky are we how lucky are we Three generations of, of, of proud Sicilian men. Oh, poor, <laughs> poor Lucia. At least she seems to actually be having fun with Albie, which is what I, which I enjoy. Uh, so we of, have, of the three generations, that is. So we have Albie at the bar with Lucia and Mia having drinks. Um, and Albie is being very sweet with these girls. He's telling them about, you know, I graduated from Stanford and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh -huh. Take a shot. He said Stanford <laughs> they're, again. They're, they're, they're teaching him how to gesture like a Sicilian. <laughs> <laughs> Did this trigger you, Dr. And then he's doing like the, the, sh the, the, sh the, uh, the clothes when you when you take all five fingers and you yes. put them together, yes, and you it's, just wave the it emoji, up and down. The emoji. Some people say this is the come here emoji. To me, <laughs> it's like it's that. It's the more of a Sicilian thing. Uh -huh. um, Jack and Portia join the bar as well and order drinks. And Albie's going to see them across the bar. Um, and as he's teaching this, Lucia is, he, as he sees this, Lucia is actively teaching him the I don't care gesture that Albie <laughs> is doing towards Jack and Portia. And I'm like, no, I think he very much cares. Yeah, it's he very does. funny. It's great, like, uh, mm -hmm. comedic acting, I guess, in a mm -hmm. way, or at least just the way, like you said, it's kind of being juxtaposed that against mm -hmm. his eyes and the look that he's giving her, which is clearly betraying that he doesn't care because he does mm -hmm. care, as you said. Um, very funny, very funny. 
So we're going to have this awkward um, setup where Portia and Jack are drinking on one side of the bar and Albie is with Lucia and me at the other side of the bar. Portia is uncomfortable and she feels bad because she does think Albie is sweet and she doesn't want to rub his face and the fact that she's like enjoying spending time with somebody else. Um, so she's going to suggest they they leave and Jack is going to say, you want to make him feel jealous. Uh-huh. You do though, don't you, bud? Let's let's make <laughs> they start making out. And it's they like he's he's like, you are making him jealous, isn't it? It's what you want, isn't it? Like it's just <laughs> um and Albie is gonna get uncomfortable. He is jealous, and so now he wants to leave, but Lucia's gonna say, Don't let them win. And don't let them win. And Lucia grabs Albie and they start making out. This is an Albie is like, wow, this is not what I what I expected. This is not it's how I like, envisioned the day going. It's like an arms race here. Yeah. <laughs> um, the US and Russia could never. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Portia is going to grab Jack and say, let's just go up to our room, to which Lucia is going to say, I think we won. <laughs> yeah, she because, you know, she's all about the the. The, the contest and she's and yeah. again that they the idea that she's actually having fun here that she's using like i guess if you're thinking about albi albi and lucia versus albi and um portia, portia lucia mm -hmm. is actually enjoying his innocence and enjoying his because of the types of terrible men that she probably has to deal with in her work mm -hmm. to see someone here who's just treating her like any other woman and is clearly interested, but clearly way more innocent than she's used to. And she's like, oh, wow, this is this is kind of hot in a different way. Yeah. Well, and at this moment where she's having this crisis of conscience, right? This is like, Albie is like the the antidote for everything, for all of like the Giuseppes of the world, all of the Camerons of the world who stiff you on the, on, you know, on the bill. Um, so, with the, so and so with that, we're going to see all of our characters sort of retreat into the room for the night. In Dominic's room, he is, you know, not going to bed with a sex worker tonight. He's going to be looking at porn on his computer, but he's not going to be able to sort of finish uh, the act. He's just going to close the laptop, sort of looking dejected and depressed, maybe wondering if his son is uh, having sex with the woman that he had sex with only one night ago. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's hard. A bit of a turn off. It's <laughs> a bit of a turn off. I can only imagine yeah. uh, the uh, the complicated emotions. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, and he's not, He again, he's not like Bert where he's like, yeah, I'm proud of my kid. It's like, it makes him feel like, did I do this? I brought, because he's the one that brought, Lucia her into, into the, the hotel orbit, right yeah the hotel literally that a sign now she's in his room. and now she's in his father's room and his son's room yes so valentina <laughs> was right she's like there won't be you know they won't there be weren't enough beds yeah <laughs> there weren't enough beds um in the in cameron and daphne's room we're going to see them snuggling and cameron's mm -hmm. gonna say i missed you last night don't ever leave me again and Daphne's gonna say, I won't, I promise. Because Cameron has intense FOMO and fear of abandonment. And fear of abandonment, so she knows she'll never chop off his balls. <laughs> um 
In the Spiller's room, Harper is in the bathroom and she's looking in her makeup bag. She takes the condom wrapper out of the bag, Ariel, and leaves mm -hmm. it in plain sight on the sink counter. So this is her move. I I had to rewatch this part because I, I kept watching. I didn't want to like get too distracted and like interrupt the momentum of the scene. But in 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 the real time, as I was watching, I was like. Did she bring it to bed with her? Like I lost track of it. I just kind of yeah. maybe I looked away or something, but I I lost track. I saw her pull it out, and then I didn't know where it was. So for me, there was all this extra tension of the scene once she got into bed. But yes, then when I went back and I realized that oh, I'm actually going to leave this out in the open. He spent so much time in the bathroom. He knows that it mm -hmm. wasn't there before. So when the next time he walks in, he will know. So this is this is her play, and then she's going to come to bed. And give him a, one final chance to say, you know, what happened last night? And Ethan mm -hmm. says, nothing. I told you. Well, there was one thing that happened. Dot, dot, dot. Uh -huh. Cameron asked me to invest money with him. That's and it's, probably it's so funny that that's like mm -hmm. at one point that was her one of the things that she was most worried about. And here that couldn't at this point now, after everything that has happened, she couldn't care any less about that because she's yeah. wondering about the condom wrapper. Yep. It wasn't that wasn't the right answer, Ethan. Nope. Um, and so Harper is going to say that's it. And he's going to you know, want to know what she's worried about. She just rolls away from him and goes to bed. Yes. And this is. This is uh, Olivia and Paula from season one all over again. I'm going to turn oh, over in bed, but yeah. with my eyes open and, mm -hmm. you know, we're kind of, we're together in bed, but completely miles apart. Mm -hmm. um, back in Portia's room, Jack is modeling his fancy underwear for her. Um, and we're going to see them be start, you know, making out and having their night together. And um Albie is having a nice time with Lucia. Yes, Lucia is is really good at what she does. <laughs> She's a pro. She's a pro. Uh -huh. And um, we're going to have an extended scene of Albie's backside that, again, if the Cameron and Ethan scene doesn't break Twitter, I think that this one might. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that is the end of episode four four uh in the sandbox ariel yeah and i love the idea that like jack and portia in their room are having fun right and portia's gen portia is being treated in a way that isn't foreign to her and or what i mean is like she it seems like she has had this kind of interaction before right and she is fully comfortable in it whereas albie is not used to being treated this way by a woman <laughs> is what I is what I really? gather from uh -huh, the reaction. Uh -huh. So it's just it's really interesting to me that juxtaposition of like he's he's so uh, out of his his element almost, or or this is so foreign to him. Whereas Porsche's like, yeah, I got I I got this. I know what to do here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's a little bit of a difference in, like, if you want to get into the nitty gritty, like, the sex acts, we see, you know, Portia yes, and course. Jack are, like, you know, rolling around together, like, making out, whereas we see, like, Lucia, like, you know, on her knees, like, giving oral sex to Albie. So he's much more of, like, a passive 
recipient of something, mm -hmm. whereas we see like Portia and Jack kind of actively engaging with each other. Um, you know, I think that you, there definitely is a juxtaposition between like the way that Albie is in a sexual encounter, which does seem to be, he seems to be a little bit more, I think to your point, like uncomfortable and nervous, but he's mm -hmm. also like enjoying himself and he's grateful. Yeah. It's like, he's, <laughs> he, he's, he has never looked younger as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> like as far as his reaction and the way he like, falls back into bed with his mm -hmm. hand behind his head like wow look <laughs> at me like the like the epitome of like in his mind mm -hmm. what is like mm -hmm. a man i guess it's fascinating mm -hmm. it's fascinating yeah yeah um so that's the end of our episode um we have a lot of uh pieces of the the chessboard that are sort of set up to pay off, I think, in future episodes. So we're going mm -hmm. to see perhaps um, Ethan wake up in the morning and discover that Harper knows about the condom. So that's a storyline yeah. that could play out. We still have the um, question of what happened to Giuseppe. Does he survive this yeah. night? Oh, um, yeah. I forgot about him. Sure, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have the valentina's feelings for isabella we have the trip to the villa in palermo to look forward to um so a lot of things left to happen with three episodes left of white lotus season two i'm so sad that we're over the midway hump um but yeah the one for me i'm most interested in of course is uh the the harper you know, chess move that she eventually came mm -hmm. up with. And I love the idea of the entire back half of the episode. She was kind of exploding with this information and not sure what to do with it. And ultimately in a very interesting move for her, she does like the thing that's going to make him possibly going to, that's going to make him act like she was acting today of like, Oh God, now what do I do with this information? She's kind of passing along this like potential energy in a way that I think mm -hmm. is fascinating. So um, you're not going to want to miss any of that. So be sure no. to keep up with us by subscribing to our podcast feed where we are um, postshowrecaps.com slash white Lotus. Mm -hmm. And you or can... just search, yeah, push your mm -hmm. recaps, White Lotus. Send us your feedback. We have our feedback episode coming up later this week. Uh, Ariel at pushyourrecaps.com is my email. I am on Twitter at that other Ariel. Uh, Dr. Amanda is Dr. Amanda R on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll have, oh, we have a guest, right? For, we uh, have a guest. for episode four feedback. Yeah, so we'll be talking all of our feedback with the great Jess Sterling, who you know from countless post-show recaps pods. Um, that'll be really Queen fun of the 90s. to get into everything with her. Ooh, I wonder if there's any 90s references that we, or maybe she can draw some of her knowledge of the 90s. I think that there was a lot of like the, I know that she covers like Boy Meets World and Dawson's Creek. I feel like mm -hmm. there was like some of that. Absolutely. Energy, the teen angst. The teen wow. angst so at the right. bar. Like I'm sure she'll have a lot to say about that. Mm -hmm. um, you won't want to miss any of it. So follow along with us. And um, where can the people find you, Ariel? In the meantime, I know that you mentioned your Twitter. Or is there anything else that we should 
Any other podcasts we should check out? Yes. Oh my God. I can't believe you remembered um, <laughs> that I do other podcasts. Uh, I am currently covering 1899 with uh, the new Netflix show, 1899 with Grace and uh, DM Philly. That's super fun. Puzzle box, crazy, crazy show and uh, movies every week with Grace uh, as well. So uh, look out for those. That's Pusher Recaps Theater and um yeah, what about you, Dr. Manny? You're on you're on Twitter. Are we yeah, no. I guess Twitter for now? Yeah, <laughs> like, I made I made a Tumblr and I made a Mastodon. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about it. Really Everyone's like preparing, hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. Yes. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, until then, ciao. Ciao, Bellows. We appreciate you. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.